I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, threw a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly, we're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather, together we're weird, we're weirder together. Shalom Haverim. Shalom Haverim. <laughs> What does the Havarim mean again? Friends. Hello, friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, what an epic day. I can't believe we found a moment to podcast. We're in a heat wave. What is it? Over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in LA. Yeah. It's a public holiday. No one's doing everything, just sheltering in place in AC. Yeah. Brutal, dude. Brutal strudel. Yeah. The brutal strudel. That was our um, concept for... uh, a place that sold giant strudels. It was called the Brutal Strudel. Oh, I didn't realize they were huge. I thought they just had severe designs. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of that? But it's, uh, you know. I fondly remember my 20s as just spending large chunks of time involved in wordplay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan Estabrook was really good at that. He he came up with the uh, Born Again Christian pizza place, Jesus Crust. Oh, okay. And uh, what was the other one? Didn't you have one about a hammam or something? Or was it? Oh, that was when I was working in Tunisia and my brother came to visit and we were in the hammam. Uh, Wait, what's a hammam? It's like a hot uh, room. It's like this. It's like yeah. this. But you would have a lot of um, maybe marble or tile and uh, like a water element and you just sort of... You just sort of sit in it and, and maybe, I, I don't know, just like a, a detox from a I long like it, time ago. It sounds ago. like a sauna. And like then sauna. we came up with the concept, the mummy in the hummum. Oh, it was a horror movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pitch it to Jason Blum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, dude. dude. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our podcast time is like time where we actually have to drop in and like look straight at each other. I know. You're putting your glasses on? I'm putting my glasses on. Hey, here I am. Some notes. Yeah. My glasses are the opposite. Now I don't see you, but I can see my notes. And we did, after last week, we were like, I'm going to start keeping more thorough notes because we we have all these things we want to talk about during the week. Yeah. And then we space by the time we get in and actually press record. I have some hard hitting questions. Are you going to start with some hard hitting questions? Is acapella ever good? <laughs> you can say pass if you don't like no this way. question. I'm not going to pass. That's a brilliant question. Acapella is good. Okay. Uh, do, you want, do you want more specifics than that? I, or is it a yes sh- or I no? know I probably love it. I think it. it's more of a conversation starter, right? Okay, yes. Then, you didn't just want yes or no. I'm glad answers. I'm not in the dating world because these would be my questions at the, at, across the table. That would be, that would be on your Raya profile. <laughs> uh, acapella, my favorite acapellas, though, are single singer acapellas. Oh, yes. Like Loudon Wainwright did an acapella. Loudon Wainwright III did an acapella of 
oh, what was the song called? I was like, I'm a full-fledged grown-up adult Trying to make a dinner, trying to get a result Hold up in a Hollywood hotel suite Tequila to drink and avocado to eat And he just does it by himself standing on a stage And it was very powerful Acapella singing groups Sometimes it can get a little corny But I made that record with the Silver Lake Chorus Oh, that did acapella. that's acapella, yeah Well, they had acapella stuff and it was awesome Yeah, very, very, You want a little more volume? Awesome. I do want a little more volume Let's do it that was my. I like that little volume. Sound. Hello, hello, hello. Ah, I, that's my. Look um, at that volume. The comeback, isn't that what she did in the comeback? Lisa what did Kud- she do? Lisa Kudrow, isn't that? Did she do little hand job hello, gestures hello. for volume? No, she said hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. Okay, right? what's your next question? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm in the hot seat. Are the, so are there certain lines and songs that you liked when you were like 14 and then you stopped liking because you were like, those are sort of cringy and now you re-like them? Ooh, I do remember because I was a big, very proudly and openly a Motley Crue fan. Uh-huh. That was my favorite band, really. And uh, they had a song called She Goes Down. I feel like on the last song I sang about blowjobs, I, I talked about blowjob songs too with the NWA song. Oh, okay. But Molly Crew also, I guess in the 80s and early 90s, like you had to have a blowjob song. It was just part of a well-rounded <laughs> record. It was like you needed a ballad, a blowjob song, you know, um, I don't know, a prom dance type thing. So theirs was just called She Goes Down. Mm-hmm. But I'd never heard that phrase before. And I just blasted it in the family car. I loved yeah. it. Lying flat on my back, she goes down. She gives heart <laughs> oh, attack, she goes down. I don't so love the a- lying flat on my back part. I don't well, know why. I mean, I, not that I'm opposed to it. But it's the, not the that piece. aggressive. It's nice because if you think about porn that's now, true. the men are so aggressive that's with true. when she goes yeah, down. Yeah, that's more like old but The guy's just porn. like, I'm going to relax. Thanks, man. Like I'm not going to force you to do anything. Where the guy is just chilling with his hands behind his I know. Blowjobs have become like in porn now. Aggro. They've become like acts of aggression on the person who's about, lucky enough to be receiving. What about Snoop Dogg's whole porn? Oh, I used to have that. Oh, right. I had that DVD. Did it look like a good time? Doggy style. It looked great because it all happened at a barbecue. I think and I you love like friendly. Yeah, friendly porn. Yeah, you, know, you don't like love. Um, I, but I bought that out of just curiosity because um, yeah, I was like, I'm wow, sure Snoop Dogg did a porn. And I bought it and then I was watching it and I was like, I was just watching a porn like at a certain point. Right. <laughs> like after Snoop Dogg does his little Yeah, cameos. yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are notes, those, but I'll those go your back. Two, were those your two questions? No, no, I have I like... more. I have more, but I'm feeling uh, pressure. pressure no, pressure. you're two for two. Those were both good questions. Oh, good. I was going to talk about that we had that amazing night last week going to see Evan Rachel Wood perform Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill in its entirety Yeah, at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Yeah. And that... Evan is someone I I mainly know. We actually met emailing each other about she was potentially going to do something for when I did that musical Beers for Beer, and we became friendly. But she's uh, she's someone I just think is like just an awesome cultural figure at the moment too. Yeah. Like she's obviously a very talented actress and an amazing singer, but I also just really admire the dignity with which she's. If anyone hasn't seen that HBO doco, is it called Phoenix Rising about her yeah. relationship with? Marilyn Manson it's it's harrowing but it's an amazing thing to watch and you yeah. just realize how much she's been through but so anyway she did we went to this because Georgia Mac was in town and Georgia meanwhile 
Georgia Mac, I assumed she'd grown up with Alanis Morissette and was this massive fan. So I was like, I'm going to buy the tickets. She discovered Alanis Morissette last year. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Georgia Mac, if you don't know, uh, Camp Cope. is in a band called Camp Cope. And I've become friends with her through Ben. And she, she didn't stay with us, but she was in L.A. and, and coming over a lot. And it was so nice. It was the best. It yeah. was the best. It was like having a house guest, but they didn't spend the night. And it was just so good. And yeah, that Evan Rachel Wood thing was so amazing. And uh, I when when I'll never forget when I first heard, um, you know, you you ought to know, Amanda Decadene, who is, uh, you know, I don't know if Australians would know her. She was like a wild child in London. People then, might know her now. She's married to, she's been married for a long time to Nick Valencia from The Strokes. And first she was married to John Taylor from Duran Duran. Bridging generations. And she's like this very strong, powerful woman. I've been friends with her. She used to her. host a show called The Word yeah, in England. That was the show. big, yeah, it was she a was big Abby pop culture Chatfield. show. She was Abby Chatfield. She was. She was the Abby Chatfield yes. before Abby Chatfield. I wonder if Abby knows of Amanda yeah. McCadney. And she, and she was also this fiery, strong, oh, and sort of like, beautiful. and hot, but sort of a little scary because she was so powerful. Yes, yeah. so powerful. And so I'll never forget, we were outside of, I feel like it was M Cafe or somewhere in that neighborhood in, in LA. Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, and <laughs> I feel like that was something my dad would say. Like, um, So uh, she, we got in her car and she said, you have to hear this song. And she probably had a, an early release. I, I think she was like seal got it and they sent it to me something you know very fabulous and she blasted it into the car and it was so powerful and and I sort of thought like that at the time I was sort of like oh this album's so commercial too commercial whatever but I really did deeply love a lot of the songs you you weren't like you didn't I didn't really have any connection to yeah. it it was it was a record that was big in the, and I knew I was actually amazed the other night how many of the songs I knew because yeah, I yeah. never owned the album yeah. I've never listened to it through yeah but it's like the band America you're like you, oh they did that exactly song? Oh, they did that Ventura song? Highway yeah but I think the thing the main thing I got out of it the other night because I have a I have this experience with music sometimes where it's not the music itself that helps me understand it. It's like the effect it has on people. Sure. And I remember going all the way back to Nirvana. I think I fell in love with the way I heard people talking about them before I ever heard the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this brings together heavy metal and the Beatles. And it's like about being from kids from divorced yeah, yeah, yeah. families. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. So Yeah, some was, things have that hype, and then, but they have to be good enough so that yes, when, it has you, to back it up. when you listen to it, you're and, like, and oh, seeing, I get it. I was in this room. It was, I would say, mostly women, right, at that gig. It was eighty percent so. women. Oh, okay, say. I didn't notice um, that. Yeah, and pretty much everyone in the room had had a life changing experience with Jagged Little Pill, right? And I just saw what it meant to them, and it, oh, it totally okay, yeah. opened me up. And I, I got the songs, I love and I that got she the record. Sort of dressed like Alanis, yeah, like she was yeah. dressed nineties, and like Evan did this. Yeah, it was really good. It was so good. It was so good. And um, we were talking last night about uh, rabbinical stories. <laughs> oh, oh, right. I, was I don't telling, remember why, but you. Well, were I was just like, saying. Oh, this is what it was yeah. last. <laughs> so last night we're going to bed. And we have a whole system. System now. System of the down. What is that reference? It was a band. System of the down. Um, wake up! I don't have a job. I don't know. Wake up! <laughs> okay. We have a system of our own down. But anyway, we have two dogs and a child at the moment at the house, right? 
and the dogs, everyone has their own personality. And the nighttime's like, if you're a parent or just a person who like is protective, at a certain age, you become very, at a certain age, you become very protective of your sleep, I think. So totally. it's like, uh, where did the dog sleep? So we had it down. This one sleeps on a dog bed and Goldie likes the other one to sleep at the foot of her bed. And she, the dog actually wants to be with us. The one that Goldie wants. Sort of halfway through the night, the dog will be like, oh, wake up. Let's go visit mom and dad, see what they're doing. But this is, this is the side note. But yes, so we have a crate only for our dog who's still a puppy, but giant for when some kids are swimming in the pool He'll just like, he's a good boy, but he'll just start barking and being annoying. And so that's sort of the only time we put him in this big giant crate. Which, I've totally lost how we're going to get to rabbinical listen, stories, listen. but I'm amazed if you here can it is. this Here okay, it here is. Here we go. No, here we go. you'll see. Okay. So we have this crate and for some reason it ended up in our room and it was blocking your closet and the door to our room that goes out to the backyard. And so we were living with this crate in the room. And he's a giant dog, so we bought a crate that's as big as for, like, a horse. It's giant. And we're both a little bit – we're messy people in the sense that the emotional fortitude it takes to just pick something up sometimes seems way more immense than it actually is and we'll alter our entire lives around something rather than make a little change that would have been easy. Yeah, I I have a whole relationship to cleaning and tidying that's – need some work and I you know I still do like get the house together for a dinner party or this or that and sometimes we'll let certain things go in any case you moved finally moved the um crate and I and you said oh this is such a relief like I can't believe we've been living for a day and a half or whatever with this giant crate in our room right and so I said it reminds me of a story that my grandma used to tell and I never really understood it. And it was, she would say, there was a man who was complaining about his house was so full with the family and he was overwhelmed. I don't even know exactly. It was a hectic family Hectic life, life, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to the rabbi and and the rabbi says, I want you to bring your goats and your cows, chickens, chickens, everything into the house. And he lives there with all this in the house. And then this is how I remember the story as a kid. And that, and then when they, he let them back outside, I guess the man was relieved. And I think the, I didn't know what the point was, but I love my grandma talking to me about anything. She was telling a story I loved when she would tell stories, but it was like, and you said that's a rabbinical thing. Yeah, I'd heard that mentioned before. It's like a rabbinical story about, and rabbinical means like, like Jewish oral tradition. Okay. And it has to do with um, just understanding that there are always situations that could be worse than the one right. you're in. So before you complain, just realize that like life could be more complicated. You could be living with goats and chickens. Right, Yeah. Yeah, because so getting rid of the yeah, crate yeah. was almost like that exercise. Yeah, we suddenly felt we had this massive room yeah. that was very comfortable. But the one, my favorite mythological story is a Chinese one, which is like a Taoist story. And this story is really like you got to bend your mind to understand it. I'll do an abridged version of it. Uh, Not like my very no, long no, no, crate. No, no, your one was great. My long crate Your one was great. We covered the dog's crate. <laughs> we covered our cleaning. Tied it into things. rabbinical. Uh, so... There was a story about a Chinese king or an emperor, and he was convinced that his wife had started having an affair. So 
he sent out some spies and did all this and was spying on her. And one time he realized that when he was down walking in the gardens of his palace, that the boyfriend or whoever she was stooping was, had gone up to the, the bedroom and he was in there. So he charged up there with his guards and it was on like, you know, the third floor or something. And he storms into the room and, you know, in all the commotion, he finds that him and the guards find his wife sitting on a giant trunk that was normally full of, you know, clothes or whatever they, they used, a storage trunk. And she was just sitting on it really guiltily. And it was like the way when, you know, you have a kid and yeah. they've like done something wrong yeah. and they make it so obvious they've done something wrong. And so she's sitting, she's sitting on it and he knows in that moment that the boyfriend is buried in it. And the story says he instructed his guards to carry the trunk outside, never open it, bury, in a, bury it in a hole and never speak of it again. And that's the moral of the story. So, like, don't have secrets. No, it's actually allow there to be secrets. Oh. The attempt to know everything is just going to traumatize you, basically. It's actually about, it's not oh, about yeah. punishment and revenge. Right. It's about allowing there to be dark places and mysteries that you'll never actually get to the bottom oh, of. Okay. So, like, burying it was actually allowing her to have that secret. Yeah, yeah, And obviously yeah. we can read it from a moralistic way as, like, a brutal story of murder. Right. And revenge. But this but, is... Yeah, it's this more psychological. Is a psychological thing. Together we're we'll here, we're we'll together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I've got uh, another story that relates to... Tell me a story. Tell me a story. We used to know this couple, this family, and they had a little girl, and she would... Um, the, she was little and adorable, but like you would hang out with her, and the first thing she did was, tell me a story. Tell me a story. Really Constantly, fast, yeah. and I was just like, uh... Um, uh, also about going back to... It always could be worse. I had a friend in... Uh, We're getting rabbinical again. Sort of. But I had a friend when I was 12 or 13, Kate Sullivan. It was so cool. And she... I don't know if she was getting into Yoko Ono or Dadaism or something. It was very far out. So she, we put like wet tea leaves. She wanted to get as uncomfortable physically as possible so that we could like take a shower Whoa. and get really comfortable. So Catholic. I know. Maybe don't they wear so hair Catholic. shirts and all of that? Like yeah. Those, yeah. Did, did you do it? Yeah. Was it a massive relief when you took the leaves out? It kind of. I mean, it was all right. It wasn't as good as just how life really, you really get that relief. It wasn't as good as getting rid like, of the chooks and the goats from the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that night, I spent the night, or one of the nights I spent the night, and I remember I was moving around a lot. We were both, I think, sleeping on the floor in sleeping bags or something. Was this before you started sleeping like a vampire? <laughs> that was so God wouldn't would love me because I would sleep really... I'd like brush my hair, put on a beautiful nightgown, 
and sleep. I don't know where. I mean, we were not religious. I love how there isn't in, there's so much morality and the rules that have been passed down by generations that you didn't need to make up your own, that God would only love you if you slept well, like Well, I Dracula. just slept perfectly. It wasn't yeah. about Dracula. It was like, and I used to be but able it was to your do that. Well, chest, I thought right? it was like a princess or something. Oh, maybe in like Sleeping Beauty. Yes. And then I, yeah, because that was, I sort of thought if God was watching, he would see what a beautiful child sleeping so still and then what would happen what would you you get good luck (laughs) i I don't know but in this time at kate sullivan's i was moving around a lot i just remember saying can you stop moving around and then i had to like force myself to go to sleep but kate my daughter called me from australia yeah and she said uh how good is the Twilight Zone? Oh, she's been digging in. The old Twilight Zone. Like the episode where, you know, the classic one, there's one where someone is in wrapped in a face um, mask in the hospital. Sure. And it's just all you see is their point of view. And you just hear the doctors taking it off and saying, I hope the operation worked. I hope it worked. And they take it off. She says, did it work? Am I beautiful? Oh, yeah, and well, then, she's had a pig nose or something. No, what is they it? they are horrified and they have that face like this classic they're horrific the doctors and the camera turns onto her and she's beautiful but you realize that it's the reverse but kate was saying something interesting in the end of the show the doctors say well we can't do anything for you so there's an island or a place that you can go and this and you just live with people like you and this beautiful man comes and says come and live with me we're all like this and they go off together and you never see this place they go to but um, we just went, it, so it's interesting because in your mind, you're, you know, anyway, Rod Sterling. Also, that episode served as a precursor to the famous Pigman episode of Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Where they find that, that Kramer thinks there's a Pigman being hidden in one of the rooms of a hospital. Oh, because it scared him so much. Hey, Rod Sterling, oh. Rod Sterling, can I just please? Please, Rod, please, a little please. More. Hey, just give, give him in, his flowers. She, she told me he was into Einstein because, you know, he had a lot of like, um, other dimension type of stuff. like That was, was the whole thing, wasn't it? Well, so, some, but some were about, you know, racism or about, um, you know, greed, so many themes. But he did, he, he was so brilliant and, and, and a real, you know, uh, lefty and all this. Oh, was he a good guy? Oh, I haven't very, heard much about him. So smart. Yeah. Oh, well, so, so smart. Rod, this one's for you. <laughs> this is my book report. I never wrote about you in we, school. We got a fun question this week. Oh, okay. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ioni. Laura Albert here, also known as Loja Albert. And I have a question for you guys. I love Weirder Together, and I really enjoy the interaction of both of you, how vulnerable and hilarious. And what's, what amazes me is how you're also finding out more about each other, which is beautiful after how long you've been together. And I think that's the truth of of creative people being together whatever kind of the whatever kind of relationship it is but you really go in and you're so honest and my question is how has that affected your relationship have you have issues arise when you find out something have you found out something that really surprised you and what was the most surprising uh, you know, they always say more will be revealed. So has there something that, a reaction that just really floored you? Anyway, I am just, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Thank you for Weirder Together and the, uh, the 
the uh, album accompaniment. It's fun. It's just fucking great. Uh, we are fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Um, so I guess the basic the basic idea of this question is: Have we been surprised? By anything about each other that has come out during the making of these podcasts. Did you know I bought leather chaps? You cut that part out. I know. I that like- was just because I, I was living in the West Village and I kept passing this gay, you know, shop and I was like, I'm going to wear leather chaps. And they did not, I mean, over jeans and it was, well, I was with my friend wearing them and they're like, I don't know if you're pulling this off. Wait, do I have to cut this out again? <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, thank you. We definitely fight just yeah. so pe- you people know. I mean, obviously. I think but that, have we been I don't here? think it's been content. I don't think there's been anything either of us have said. Yeah, it wasn't like a is, It's been more about process. Yeah. Like also feeling safe like um, I was like, I would love for you to be in a good headspace, like relaxed and enjoying it and not have too much. Because Ben, you do, you know, he does a lot. I'm always multitasking. Yeah, and I realize so, like on the days we do the pod, I don't want to plan to do anything else. I also love attention, like so much attention. So I, especially in doing the podcast, I want. Well, I think it's kind of like we, we're both more focused on what we can learn about ourselves from doing something like this than about critiquing each other particularly. I've just realized that, I don't know, even on my days I do shows, I'm like a little tense the whole day leading up to the gig. Uh, I think of it as like a harnessing of my energy. Yeah, And And in the beginning when we started the pod, I didn't think of it like that. And then I would notice I'm like kind of a little tense all day. And now I'm just trying to honor that we're doing a thing together we that I really care about. about. It. We care Guys, about it. we care. When I did we the, care f- about the few you. times I've done, <laughs> um, the, done a play at first when before you get it really like, you know, where it's just like, you know how to do it. Those days of when you're going to do the play at night or whatever, it's like a big day. But then you get it down when you're like, oh, I'm not nervous today. Yeah, but that's because you do it the same every night. This is, yeah. this is never the same every yeah. time we sit down. And because we don't have a strict format we really don't know what we're going to talk about or yeah. anything. And it's like, it, it, it's just vulnerable. But have you learned anything about me? I don't know. Have you? I well, I just, but, but I love what she was also saying about uh, just still having stuff to talk about and um, that we, I don't know, I view you as like, I just love uh, not picking your brain, but I definitely love, I love your brain. It's an erogenous zone. <laughs> I, I love I love talking to you too. I also think we don't look at talking as sort of a currency exchange of information. We look at it more related to play. Mm-hmm. So the because my mom asked me the same thing. She was like, "Aren't you going to run out of things to talk about with me?" Oh, I'm just about doing a podcast. (laughs) Like me? She was like, that woman you married, are you going to run out of things to talk to her about? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I just think the idea that you would sit and talk every week, like, is that, you know, is that a challenge? Well, your mother is very, she would like plan. She's amazing. My mom would not just vibe it out and get on the mic. But more and more, she's like the mayor of of Sydney. (laughs) Yeah, she's, she's type A. But my point was that we look at conversation I think more like a game yeah so it's more about being in the right headspace to play and then it's trusting that like I think the same with writing songs aren't I ever going to run out of things to write songs about 
Apparently not, because people just keep writing songs and writing songs. And yeah. also, you're kind of like those show TV shows that you or just episodes you would watch or movies you'd watch over and over and over. I I feel like I ask you sometimes the same things because I just like enjoy hearing. Is that why I thought it was because you forget what I said uh, <laughs> or you don't listen to my answer? <laughs> that's a great defense, though. I've I know, got to say, like, that's right. I, I know you told me what we were doing today, but uh, can you tell me again? Because I just love the way your mind. I know. Works. I think I've asked you what shalom have with the Havarim has what does that mean like many times yeah do you remember now friends oh my god so you never again I mean never. I have a degree never of sadness again. I have a degree of sadness that that moment has passed you'll oh, never really? again ask me about what Havarim means but there's so many other words I will ask you about yeah that's true and like riot. <laughs> that's something with bread that's goodbye oh yeah there you go anyway Hey, this is not an educational Hebrew podcast, <laughs> as much as the people who tuned in were hoping it would be. There are a lot of jobs you can do if you weren't a singer, like teach kids to swim. You could be a rabbi. Oh, yeah, if yeah. I were to be a rabbi, it would be extremely progressive, non-dogmatic. Of course. Borderline. A joke. Not part. No, not a <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Put I'm not being a d- joke. disrespectful. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I just mean that. Like my interest in religion is so deconstructionist, and I d- can't see there being. I really can't see there ever being room for what I would want to do in any type of organized religion. It's, yeah. But anyway, anyway, we've covered a lot of territory. This was the first episode where we officially both made notes. How do you feel about it? Do you like it? Good. I've made notes before. Um, I also have notes <laughs> nine and a half weeks. What but- we- Save that for the next episode. Okay. The next episode, we're going to delve deep. We should actually watch it and see how does this hold up. Oh, I'd love it. Well, can, listen- we, can we do the entire next episode around nine and a half weeks? Yes. Awesome. I think there will be a lot to say. I can't wait. Uh, Follow us on our socials, rate and review this podcast. I'm going to end this podcast with something I found on my hard drive that I haven't listened to in years that I thought was hilarious. When Catch My Disease came out, my song that was a hit off of Wake Is In You Sleep, it was sort of got kind of big all around the world. And part of what you get in those types of uh, moments is people wanting to re-record it in their native languages, which is a oh, great yeah. thing. So one day I woke up and an artist had covered it in Cantonese. And I love it so much. And no one's ever heard it outside of China, I guess. So... Here it is. So we're going to wrap it up. And this one goes out to all the... Baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. How does he say it? That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Let's um, try that again. Let's try that again. <laughs> this one goes out to all the... Beautiful babies. Beautiful babies. We love you. See you next week. See ya. Hang 
佢就当去饭堂，野味过去饭堂，桥下到后巷也沉睡过，也未分过水床，随便都一乱，其实宁愿。从别个外星半途路过，降落这个地球。话佢乱噏，佢话唔系，佢话佢叫大王，佢话你知系傻。人哋每秒为钱，恩背嚟自我。每日太过繁忙，这样拼搏为何？除下每段枷锁，自在地过。我哋这个大王，人生很苦短，如像燃烧一根香烟，随便都一乱，这行星变做流浪汉，我哋这个大王。谁话佢乱噏？佢话唔系，佢话佢叫大王，佢话你知系傻。人类每日堆积制造垃圾，佢话这个地球注定了会灭亡，何用要大屋、胜利和财富？也别要有老婆，人生很苦短，如像燃烧一根香烟，就算。It's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands, and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.